Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in week two of our sermon series called Luke's Christmas. And remember what we're doing in this particular series is simply walking through the Christmas story according to Luke to explore and then hopefully be transformed by the real meaning of Christmas. So last weekend to open up this series, we jumped right into the story of Zachariah and Liz. And what we discovered in this strange story, this crazy story, is that God through this old barren couple was doing something so big that the world would never be the same again. Or like Abraham and Sarah had a child in their old age who went on to change the course of human history, God was also going to give Zach and Liz a child in their old age who would not only go on to be a great prophet, but was going to be the opening act of God's grand entrance into the world. Or what Luke was trying to get us to see through this opening story is that what comes next is not only something that's going to change everything, but is actually the most significant event to happen in the history of the world up until that very moment. Which means you might just want to lean in to hear what happens next. The story continues. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Or just when you thought it couldn't get any bigger than an angel showing up to Zach and Liz, telling them about how their child will go on to change the world, in the very next episode of Luke's Christmas, that very same angel, Gabriel, shows up to this young virgin girl to tell her about something bigger than even all of that. But to get at the significance of Mary's experience, what you need to keep in mind regarding this young virgin, which we usually miss as modern people, is that Mary was only about 12 to 15 years old when all of this happened to her. And the reason we can assume this is because that's how the world worked back then. That's when you got married as a child. So what's happening here? is not something that's happening to a mature woman who is like 18 to 30 years old who can handle this kind of stuff. No, instead it's happening to a young teenage girl that's just a little bit older than my older daughter, Karis. Which for me really puts things into perspective when I begin to think about it in that way. And so the story continues. And he, Gabriel, came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Or again, like we discovered last week with Zach's encounter of Gabriel, this angel shows up to Mary. It's not a warm and fuzzy experience for her. She didn't get goosebumps when he showed up. But instead is an event that is so disconcerting, so scary, that it causes her to wonder what in the world is going on here. So the angel continues. 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary, you have found favor with God, which are no doubt absolutely mind-blowing words to hear coming from an angel of the Lord. But then, without skipping a beat or giving Mary really any chance to ponder what it means to live in God's favor, Gabriel then goes on to drop this bomb. He says this, And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Did you hear what this angel just told this child? And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, called son of the most high. The Lord will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Or note that with, in moments of Gabriel showing up, this servant of God, this messenger of God, actually goes on to tell this teenage girl that not only is she about to have a child, which at that age is big enough in itself, but that she is going to have a child that will be the son of the most high God and a king whose kingdom will never end. Now, we usually hear this story, and that's not that big a deal, but what I imagine is that information hit Mary like a ton of bricks. Because what do you do when an angel of the Lord tells you that's about to happen to you? Well, surprisingly, what we find happening next is not Mary running out of the room because she wants nothing to do with something that big. And this is huge, right? This is one of the biggest events to happen in the history of the world. But instead, Mary responding by asking this logical question. How can this be since I'm a virgin? How can this be since I'm a virgin? Or how can I have a child if I've never been with a man? And I'm sure what Mary expected to hear in response to this question is the angel would say something like, well, after you get married, you and your husband are going to come together. You're going to have a child. And that child, with God's help, is going to go on to become the Messiah or the next great king of Israel. And the reason Mary would expect the angel to say something like that is because everyone knows that's how it's supposed to work. Or everyone knows that it takes a man and a woman for a child to be born. But even though that's probably what she expected to hear, that's not even close to what this angel goes on to tell this 12 to 15-year-old girl. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. Again, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, or he will be called the Son of God. Or what Gabriel goes on to tell Mary, which, by the way, is something that's never happened before is that she is not going to have a child in the normal way, you know, a man and a woman coming together, but instead in some mysterious way is going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit or God himself. And then, nine months later, become the mother 
of God. Did, did you hear that? Did you catch what was just announced here? Yeah, this young girl, this 12 to 15 year old girl, has just been told that God is going to come upon her and make her present, or excuse me, pregnant, and then she is going to give birth to God. Now, I know for many of you, this, this story on first hearing doesn't seem that strange because you've heard it so many times that you take it for granted. So to help you get at the ridiculousness of what Luke is proclaiming here, because it's absolutely absurd. That's kind of the point. It's absurd. Ladies, what I want you to do is try to imagine back to when you were like 12 to 15 years old and this happening to you. Or, or gentlemen. Think about something like this happening to your daughters or a young girl that you know really well. Because the truth is, what's going on here is not something we should ever get used to or something that we should just take for granted like it's normal, but instead is something that should take your breath away and cause you to scratch your head every single time you hear it. Because what Luke is proclaiming here, which is absolutely absurd, is that what is about to happen in the birth of this child is the most significant event to happen in the history of the world up until that very moment. Because through Mary, God, the creator of the universe, is going to be showing up in flesh and blood. And it's astounding. Absolutely astounding. But... After Mary has just been hit with all of that, how you find this young girl responding to this is not by running away in fear or begging the angel to send someone else. And that kind of happens in different places throughout the Bible. No, incredibly, the way this 15-year-old or 12 to 15-year-old girl responds to all of this is by simply saying, here I am. A servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Here I am, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Or then the encounter ends and this whole new life for her begins. Okay, so now that we have made it through the second episode of Luke's Christmas, and hopefully what's happening to you at this point, because you're actually thinking about it, is that your minds are spinning. What I hope is becoming very clear in regards to what Christmas is really all about, according to the Gospel of Luke, is that again, this story really doesn't have anything to do with what Christmas has become. But instead... It's about something so much bigger than presents and lights and decorations and food because what Luke is doing here by telling us about these miraculous events is trying to get us to see that the God who created all of this, the God who created this infinitely big and complex universe, the God who created our hands and feet and minds and all that we are, and the God who created a covenant with the Israelites to live in relationship with them and then put up with them for all those years. Yeah, that God. Instead of just remaining in heaven, working 
from a distance in regards to what is going on to this world, decided to empty himself and step down out of his existence to walk among us as one of us, which is as big as it gets. And if you want bells and horns and all that kind of stuff to accentuate that, then you've missed the point. Because that's big enough. So, what all of that means for you and I today is that if we really want to experience the the true power and meaning of Christmas this year, then what we've got to do is stop putting so much time and energy into chasing after what Christmas has become. And let's be honest, we're really good at that. And instead, devote ourselves to seeking after and searching for this God who showed up in human form, who is actually never far from us. All we got to do is call out. Because I promise you, if you will do that, or if you will put Christ back at the center of Christmas, instead of just making him a footnote, you will not only experience, but will also be overcome by what Christmas is really all about which just also happens to be the very thing that you have been searching for your entire life. Because that is what Christmas is really all about. Let us pray. Father, again, we come to you this morning and our prayer is that after, you know, 20, 30 years of hearing these stories over and over again, or hearing these stories hundreds upon hundreds of times, that you would again open us up to what they're proclaiming. That, that instead of going, oh yeah, this is just the Christmas story again, that we'll begin to see and experience what it is that is really going on here. And that this is one of the greatest events to happen in the world. So Lord, as you open us up to that, may we next, instead of chasing after what Christmas has become, instead put our focus on our attention towards growing closer and closer to you, to experiencing you, so that not only are we transformed this Christmas, but so that we're transformed for the rest of our lives. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.